just want to share a few things today. Um, there's a number of different things I want to actually do today uh, as I share, and I know that time is marching on. So, Lindsay, if you could just play that little video. It's a little video with no sound. It lasts for 20 seconds. Just watch this video. Just leave that like that, Lindsay, please. Why am I showing you this video? I thought, I'm going to show the video without explanation, just to, to see your faces. Because <laughs> I thought, it's just a, it's fascinating watching everybody's faces when they see something like that. So I just intentionally did that, just for my amusement. So apologies, you're my guinea pigs today. <laughs> um, one of the places we used to go on holiday when we were younger is Loch Inver. And up there, there's a sea loch called Loch Row. And it, it, it comes into a little narrow, and then there's this little channel that takes you into a Loch and Sail, um, which is a spot that I used to try and fish for sea trout. And you'd be fishing away, and you'd be on a rock, and then all of a sudden you'd look down, and your feet were covered in water. And I remember the first time I was there, I was like, whoa, what's happening here? Well, of course, lock and sail is tidal. It's a tidal lock. So the seawater comes in and then the seawater goes back out. And I remember standing on the bridge over this little narrow, looking over at these big, massive sea trout swimming in underneath the bridge. And it was fascinating. And I just, if I had photographs of that, I would have shown you that today. But I've not been there in years, but it's a fascinating place. But the videos that I've shown you today are videos which I took just, uh, just this year up in Orkney, a part of the sea where the, you can actually see the tide flowing back out. That's what all those waves were as the tide flows out. And up at Finston Brig, um, the, the, that's, you, think, you would think it was a river, but that's actually the tide going back out. And I just, why, am I, why am I talking about this? There's a time when everything goes still and calm. It's that slack water time. And the picture that you see on the screen is that slack water time. It's the time when the tide has come in and nothing's happening. It's the time just before the tide begins to go back out again. And a couple of weeks ago, I heard a little whisper on the wind. And the little whisper was along the lines of, the tide's about to change. There wasn't a time frame, and there was no mystery to it, just that little phrase, the tide's about to change. And I, I just have this sense that God is speaking to the church. That I, I have the sense that where we are as a church, and where the church is just now, is like that slack water moment. That moment where you look and you think, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. It's not very exciting around here. The church is trying to recover from COVID still. Churches all over the country are trying to recover from COVID still. Get things back into to order and get them moving. And it feels like that slack water time when nothing's happening. Not a lot is going on. But I heard this little whisper in the wind a couple of weeks ago. The tide's about to change. And... Uh, I'd been praying about that and asking, I suppose, God to, to just kind of speak to me and is this the right thing? And last Saturday, we went up to Aberdeen for a Leader's Day, as I, I mentioned. 
And I'd been praying as I went to that event. And uh, during one of the sessions, it was a video session about church planting. And to be honest, the, the church planting session was maybe a bit long and the sound wasn't a good quality. And you're kind of like, oh, this should hurry up and finish. It's like, but I heard something during that session which I felt was significant. It was, don't watch the wave, watch the tide. I just kind of I wrote it down. There, there, there's, there's my notes from that particular part of the service. Don't watch the wave, watch the tide. And there's a little key next to it. And I thought, I think God's saying something here. There's something that God is interested in doing in our time. There's a change in the tide. There's a change coming. And I was so excited. I came away from that day with so many things written down, but there were four key points that I wrote down, and that was one of them. And I fed that back to our area leader, our country leader, Ian Duffy. And so I sent him a text and saying, great day today. Thank you for all the organization that went on in the background. The curry was fantastic, by the way. Like authentic Indian curry is the best curry I've ever tasted. And it was, oh, man, it's like, anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. And I texted Ian, and one of the things that I said to Ian was uh, just talking about things that I felt God had said and confirmed during that day. And this is what I said, there's a change in the tide. Don't fret if there's slack water. It's about to flow in a different direction. It was a little thought I had during the week and was going to share at church at some point soon. Reinforced in the church planting video. Don't watch the wave, watch the tide. And I was praying about that and thinking, I need to share this in the church. And it was really interesting. Yesterday we were praying before the service of Thanksgiving. And one of the things that Angela said in her prayer was, there's a change in the tide. And I asked Angela, did you see my wee comment on Friday night at the prayer gathering? She says, no. Because I made a wee prayer comment when, uh, a wee comment when somebody was praying after it. And I said, amen, the tide is about to change. And I thought, God is saying something to the church just now. Do you know? It's easy to get distracted by the slack water and think nothing's happening. When the water's like that, it just, it just bubbles up and down. Nothing's going anywhere. There's movement, but it just bubbles up and down. And it's easy to think that that's what the church is like. There's not very much happening. It's a wee bit boring just now. The water's just bubbling up and down. But I believe we're at a time, and there's, there's no time frame on it as such, but a time when God is saying the tide is about to change. Now, to stand at these places where the tide is flowing back out or flowing in is powerful. If you jump in there, you'll be out at sea in seconds, right? In, in that place in Loch Row, I used to fish on the rocks there without a buoyancy aid, couldn't swim. And if I fell in, I was out at sea and drowned, okay, because of the force of the tide. I feel God wants to do something that is significant in our time and in our generation, God wants to do something new. God wants to do a new thing in the church. I'm saying, oh, listen, I've not even got to my message yet. That's just what I felt God was placing on my heart to share to the church today. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying and understanding what I'm saying. I believe God wants to move by his spirit. And you'll see the movement of God's spirit. You'll see God at work. You'll not be asking questions. You'll not be praying prayers into the sky and thinking, is, is God actually listening to anything I'm saying? You'll pray prayers based on what God is saying to you, prayers of faith, and God will answer those prayers, and you'll see the answer to those prayers. And we're already beginning to see the answer to some of the prayers. And just as uh, Stuart shared with us last week, just at the tail end of the service last week, 
I really feel God wants to say something and do something fresh in the church. Are you excited about that? Are you sure? One or two people are excited about it. <laughs> and I, I just kind of feel we need, to, we need to get ourselves in the right place in order for God to do those things. One of the ways that we get ourselves into the right place is by allowing the Word of God to come in to our hearts and into our lives. Lindsay, if you could put up my presentation, please, that would be great. Do you know, a few weeks ago, uh, there was a message in tongues, and I gave the interpretation of the tongue, and the whole interpretation centered around living in God's presence and living in God's precepts. God's presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and his precepts, the teaching that's in his Word. And when Spirit and Word come together, I really feel that God's been saying this in the church for, for a long time now, that there'll come a time when the Spirit and the Word flow together. And when that happens, God is going to move in the church. But we need to have the Word of God in us in order to do that. Each of us has what's known as a worldview. There are many worldviews dependent on so many different things. And I want to just reflect on that for a wee moment at the start. Our worldview is a particular philosophy of life or conception of the world, and it's shaped by our values, our beliefs, and our preconceptions. It's shaped by the culture we live in too, and essentially it's how we view things, it's what we think, it's how we think, and uh, an important question to ask, I think, is not just what do we think, but what does God think about things? In the Bible, it says the unfolding of God's words gives light. And that's the verse that's on the screen there. We'll read that in just a moment. Before we come to that, I want, to just, I want us to just think about the different generations for a while, okay? I've been doing a little bit of reading about different generations over the last number of months, and I came across some, uh, some things that were, I just thought, I'm going to read that. It's quite interesting. You know, the generation that's coming up, how do they tick? What's going on? Um, and just trying to understand something about that. And so I'm, I'm going to just highlight some of the generations that are around just now. This is the first generation, and I can't see this in my notes. It's all on the screen. So um, this is the older generation. They're an unnamed generation. We don't have anybody of that generation in our church just now. One of the significant factors that shaped that generation was the First World War. Um, and until you've lived through something, you don't know how much of an impact it has. Then there's another generation called the silent generation who experienced the Great Depression in the 30s, the, the Second World War, um, represented by James Earl Jones, famous for doing the voice for Darth Vader. Somebody say that. Anyway, so you're allowed to smile and laugh in church. It's okay. Um, and so that another generation, and there are people in our church who are in that generation, your generation shaped by the way the world was when you were growing up as a child, as a teenager, as a young person in your 20s. So many factors that were part of your world in those days. Then the next generation is the baby boomers. Any boomers in the room today? One or two? Um, and essentially shaped by a post-war society and then shaped by what was known as the Cold War. I grew up in that, and I remember watching videos um, about Russia and, and nuclear war and the threat of nuclear war, and you, you would go home and you'd be petrified. You're like, wow. The, 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 the days when television really kicked off and 
Do you remember your, getting your first colour television? Yeah, I remember us getting our first colour television, and I'm not a boomer, okay? I'm not a baby boomer. I'm on the next generation. Have you noticed the theme here? Who's, who's representing the, the boomers? Princess Leia. There's a theme here. Who's representing Generation X, my generation? It's Obi-Wan Kenobi, yes. There's a Star Wars theme going on here for those who are interested or into that. My generation influenced by things like the Cold War and things like the internet, which really began to take off. When I was at school, boys and girls are way over there. I tell them this at Treasure Kids. When I was in school, there was no internet. When I was in school, there was no computers. When I was in, and when I was in school, you had a phone which you actually lifted the handset on and there was a wire connected to the box and you would actually dial the numbers using a rotary dial. Does anybody remember that? Yeah, that's the generation I grew up in, shaped by the world, shaped by the culture in which we lived in, but shaped by the word of God as I've been sharing with the children. Um, that's Georgie Henley, the only person I could think of from that generation, Generation Y, a generation that's been influenced by post-9-11 culture, if you think about it, a cataclysmic event in our world. And I remember where I was on the day when I watched those images on a television, shaped by what was happening and what happened in the world since 9-11, the way things have changed, the rise of new atheism, the, the rejection of the church, the rejection of religion. If that's what religion does, we don't want any part of it. And you get it, you can understand it. But shaped, our generations shaped by what's happening in and around us in the world. They're all TV personalities. And I asked Josh, who can we think of to represent your generation? And we couldn't think of anybody. So I just put Josh's face up. <laughs> and Josh, you are a star, okay? You're my movie star, um, 100%. Generation Z, influenced by COVID-19. Think about the impact. I, I don't even think, I actually get emotional just thinking about this. The effect that COVID-19 has had on our children, and we see this in Treasure Kids on a Wednesday night, the devastating effect that, that um, COVID-19 has had on the wee ones, they, they just, they're just lost. A generation impacted, those who've missed big opportunities like graduations and uh, changing from uh, primary school to high school and all, the, all these things that mark our children's journey through life have been deeply impacted by COVID-19. The smartphone has radically impacted this generation you know, I, I just look around these days and, and all I see is people kind of like, like this. They're on phones all the time. And not just the, the younger generation, but every generation's doing this. It's, it's nuts. Infra, influenced by information overload. And, and we're influenced by all these things. And at the birth of the church, it wasn't any different. Influenced by the culture. And at that point in time, it was Greek thinking. And we are still influenced by Greek thinking. And Roman rule, Roman occupation, persecution in those days was common. It would affect every Christian who lived then. Persecution in the church. And anybody who stepped outside of the line, well, you were in trouble. Today you get cancelled. In those days you get killed. Right? I think I'd rather have cancel culture than I'm going to come and kill you culture. Okay? <laughs> who knows what our society is like these days. And yet through all of this, there's one constant that has worked its way through all the generations, and it's this. The unfolding of your words gives 
light. It gives understanding to the simple. I am so glad that God's Word gives understanding to the simple because I fit into that category. And that's where I see myself as the simple person. I've got a simple faith, a simple outlook in the world. I try not to complicate it. And I try to allow the Word of God to inform my thinking, to inform my worldview. And I want to challenge this church today to say, throughout the generations, there are people whose worldview has been dominated by God, by faith in God, and by the Word of God, and putting their trust in God, and prayer, and seeing God coming through and answering prayer. And that's why we're here today, is because there is a God who's been working through all the generations and has been doing incredible things, and wants to work in this generation, and wants to work in the generation that's rising. That one constant, the words, works, and wonders of God throughout every generation. God remains unchanging from generation to generation. And our job is to share that word with a generation that's rising up now. That's why we have things like toddlers, treasure kids, oxygen young adults, is because there's a generation rising that needs to have a worldview shaped by the words that give light, by the very word of God. I think there are three things very quickly that will influence our worldview. Study, seasons, and spirit. And I want to suggest today that your rate of growth into Christian maturity is directly proportional to your application of biblical principles. It's on the screen but I'm going to say it again. Your rate of growth into Christian maturity is directly proportional to your application of biblical principles. You can know the Bible inside out. You can quote this verse, that verse, chapter and verse. You know who uh, Shalel Malal Hashbaz is. I can't even say it now. It's like I was saying it during the week when I was chatting to Robert. Who is this guy? You know, you, you know how you pronounce his name. You know who his mum was and what he did and who his cousins were and his granny and, and all that sort of stuff. You can know the Bible inside out, but unless you apply the principles that are in the Bible, you're never going to mature as a Christian. We'll be like those who are nursing little babies at the moment. For those who are nursing little babies, what do they need? They need milk. They need milk. And I remember those days when I had little babies and was nursing little babies and you plonk that bottle in and all of a sudden it's like, oh, peace and quiet, it's great. <laughs> Feeding little babies milk. But if you to look at my son now, you'll realize that milk is not sufficient. He can clear away not only his plate, but my plate. He needs food. And I need food, and I've not eaten today, and I'm starving, and I'm thinking, oh, I need my dinner. We need to get off of the milk and onto the solid food. We need to get away from just this simple understanding in a sense of the Bible, and it's like, yes, Jesus loves me. And actually understand what it means when Jesus loves us, and Jesus loves the people that we don't love, and yet we need to love them because Jesus has said, you need to love your enemies. And we go, wait a minute, that's quite hard. The application of biblical principles, it's like C.S. Lewis said, everybody thinks forgiveness is a great idea until you've got somebody to forgive. 
And then you go, that's not as simple as I thought it was. How do I do that? How do I forgive that person who's abused me? How do I forgive that person who said those things to me? It's like, how do, how do I do that? And I, I, I don't know about you, I wrestle with these things sometimes. I'm like, Lord, I can't do this. You read Jesus' sermon in the mountain, he's teaching, you go, we can't do this in our own strength, that is. But in order to apply biblical principles in our lives, we need to know biblical principles. You can't apply something that you don't know. What I said to my kids when they were going through school was you need not only to know it, you need to understand it. And the things that I still retain from my college education, the things that I've retained are the things that I understood at the time. Things that I just remembered, like how to write programs in Pascal and assembly language. I'm like, I, I, I couldn't even tell you where to begin with that. I did it. I passed my exams, but I didn't understand it. There are people in here who probably do. <laughs> but I didn't understand it, and so it didn't find anywhere to, to land in me. We need to not only know the biblical principles, we need to understand them, and we need to apply them in our lives this is my Bible, which I received on my 21st birthday 34 years ago. 34 years ago. That's a really scary thought. 34 years. And that's my Bible. And that's it opened at the book of Ephesians. And I used that Bible to prepare for youth, which we would have on a Thursday night, as it still is now on a Thursday night, all these years later. It could be on a different night if you want it to. But I got into the Word of God to prepare and to study and to learn, to understand the biblical principles so that I could share them with others so that they could put them into practice in their lives. And sometimes we'd have conversations like, well, I don't believe that. And I would say, well, that's what the Bible says. So you need to work something out here because that's what the Bible's saying. And the same still happens today where you say, well, this is what the Bible says. And people go, well, I don't believe that. And that's just the Christians. Wow. If we don't believe what the Bible says, how can we apply the biblical principles? Wow. We need to understand it in order to apply it. We need to understand it in order to help other people to apply it. Man, there's so many things in my notes that I'm going to have to skip. The other thing that I was going to say was seasons. Everything in life is learned throughout the seasons of our lives. Learning opportunities and growth comes in the seasons of life. And it's important to learn that God develops us over a lifetime. We sung songs there which helped us to think back over God's never left me. And he's always, I can't remember the song we sang. But you look back and it's like, well, I think there's some people singing that song today. I was thinking this as I was singing it. There are some people who've got a way lot more to look back on than I have. And there are some people who've got a way lot less to look back on than I have. Some of the young people in the church today. But we recognize as we look back over life that God has been leading us and teaching us and growing us through the seasons. As we've got into prayer, as we get into the word, and as we've applied it in our lives. We don't learn everything right away. <coughs> and that's the problem some of our young people had in our first youth group. They thought they knew everything, and they hadn't even started in life yet. And I didn't know everything either, because I was only a few years ahead of some of them. And I'm like, I'm still working this out myself. 
We can think that we're there. We can think we know everything, but we don't learn everything right away. And sometimes it's not until you're older and you've got enough of life to look back on, you go, wow, I can see where God really grew me in that stage of life. I can see where God challenged me again because he challenged me here and I didn't pass the test and I had to go through years of this stuff until he came and challenged me again. And I'm like, why, why, why is this happening again? And God's saying, because you didn't learn the lesson the last time. Well, you might have learned it, but you've not applied it and you didn't pass the test. So here's another chance for you to get it right. And there are situations, I, I, actually, I actually spent a bit of time during lockdown thinking about my journey, my Christian journey. I'll maybe share that with some people at some point in time. But we don't learn everything right away, but we do need to get stuck into what God has for us. And the thing that I used to say to our young people way back in those early days when I was in my 20s was don't waste time. Don't waste time. And I say that to everyone in here today. Don't waste time. 34 years ago, I got that Bible. And I think, how much of that time have I wasted? I'm trying to hope I'm trying to hope, I'm hoping, and I'm trying not to waste time, and I'm hoping I'm not wasting time. We need to rest, we need downtime and all that, but, but let's not waste time. The last thing, and I'm almost finished, and I'm cutting out so many things I wanted to say here, is spirit. Why do I use a rainbow? Because I think the rainbow illustrates something which you can't necessarily see in any other way. That the sun is shining brightly through a saturated sky. Sometimes you can see the rain, but sometimes you see rainbows and you're like, that's just incredible. And for me, it's representative of the Spirit of God. The Spirit moves on us. The Bible tells us that all Scripture was God-breathed. The Holy Spirit was there when he was inspiring people to write Scripture and to write it all down. And then those who brought it all together... All scripture is God-breathed, and we, in turn, need the Holy Spirit to open it up to us. As we read, we can read it mechanically. I don't know if you're like me. Sometimes you're reading something, and you get to the end of the page, and you go, what did I just read? And you have to read it again. You're like, I actually didn't take anything in, because I was thinking about my stomach, and the fact that I need my dinner. And that's not what's happening during the sermon, hopefully. But you can read something and get to the end of it and go, I actually don't know anything that I just read there. And you need to reread it. We need to read in such a way where we invite the Holy Spirit in to speak. And as we do that, three guesses what happens. You begin to hear the little whispers on the wind. When we devote time to spend it with God, to pray and to get into his word, we begin to hear the whispers on the wind. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And it's the unfolding of God's word that gives us light. It gives understanding to the simple. I remember years ago, and I'll finish with this, reading Psalm 1 at a time when I was kind of struggling with things. And this is what I read in Psalm 1 verse 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. If you read that verse, and as you meditate on it, you'll realize there's a process. First, somebody's walking. There's movement still. 
but they're walking in the counsel of the wicked. They're listening to bad advice. They're going to the wrong places for advice. And we can do that in all areas of life. Then the person is standing. Standing in the way of sinners. Standing alongside people who don't love God, don't acknowledge God. Then ultimately they're sitting in the seat of mockers. People who are not just, well, God might be real, I don't know, but it's not really my thing and I don't really care. Compared to people who are saying, I can't stand the idea of God. And you can find yourself walking, then standing, and then sitting, and before you know it, you're miles away from where God wants you to be. And there's been situations in life where I've listened to the counsel of other people and the counsel of the world, and you think, it kind of makes sense. But then I remember God challenging me with a scripture and saying, you need to come back to the word of God. You need to come back to what I'm saying about these things because that's what's going to make the difference is the application of biblical principles. We thought about different generations. I don't know which one you fall into in the category of generations that we put up on the screen. I don't know where you sit in that picture. I don't know what things you're struggling with today. The application of biblical principles. What are you struggling with today? What's your generation wrestling with today? What are the things that are happening in your life and in your world? I want to suggest that as we begin to apply biblical principles, we need to know them, we need to understand them, and we gain understanding through the application. And as we do that, that is when we realize that the word of God is eternal. The Bible says this, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Jesus said these words, and he spoke the truth because he was the truth. I just want to encourage us today to get into the word of God, to get a godly worldview, to understand the principles and to apply them, and to apply them as you understand them, and to gain understanding as you apply them, and to speak boldly into your generation. Your generation needs to hear truth. There are multiple generations in our society just now who neither know God nor care about God. And yet the things that they're looking for, the answers are found in God. We need to be bold enough to share that truth with them. Let's just pray as the musicians uh, come back up onto the platform. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that it endures. Father, we, we know that the, the, the scrolls have been burned in the past. And yet, Father... That, that word has remained, it's endured. Father, people have tried to destroy the Bible in so many ways and in so many different places and times, and yet, Father, your word has endured. And Father, we just thank you that it does endure through generation to generation. And Father, we just pray that it would find a resting place. Lord, that you plant your word in our hearts like a seed. Jesus used that parable of the sower, Father. Um, and Father, we just do pray that the seed would find good soil of our hearts to land on. And Lord, that it wouldn't be choked by weeds or uh, just drowned out by the rocks and the shallow ground. But Father, that we would find it, your word having a resting place in our lives. Father, help us to gain understanding. Father, as we, as we, as we study, as we learn, but Father, as we apply those biblical principles, Lord, may we grow into the mature Christians that you want us to be. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. We're going to stand, we're going to close with a song today, a new song that we just wanted to introduce. Um, so let's just begin to worship God uh, just as we close our time together.
thank you, Lord. All my life you've been faithful. All my life you've been so, so good. With every breath that I'm able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Father, we pray even today, this week, that you would fill our lungs with your breath. Lord, that you would just fill our lungs with your praise, that we would breathe it out in prayer and praise and worship to you. And Father, we just ask that you would come and fill us afresh with your spirit. Lord, for those who need a touch in their body, Father, need physical healing. Lord, we pray that even now we would reach out in faith to you and, Father, just receive healing from your throne. Father, we pray that your spirit would move and, Father, that gifts of healing would be released in the church. Father, that words of knowledge would be released in the church. Father, that the prophetic would be released in the church. And, Father, that your spirit would have the, the freedom to move in the church and, Father, be what you want the church to be. Lord, we thank you for the church, your bride, and we ask that the church would rise up into all that you have for it. This church and the church, the church in this area in West Lothian, across our nation of Scotland. Father, we pray that your spirit would move in the church, and Father, that you'd stir up things of faith within us. Father, stir up faith, stir up expectation. Father, stir up the gifts of the spirit in the church. And Father, we pray that the church would rise up and enter into all that you have for it. Father, we pray that the church would be infiltrated and infused by your word in a fresh way. Lord, bring a fresh revelation of your word. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would take the word and that you would just cause that marriage to happen between you and the word and that it would be that marriage of word and spirit that would bring life and life in all its fullness in our hearts. Father, we thank you for your, your presence with us today. We thank you for your presence with, with us over this weekend and we've been so aware and conscious of it. Lord, we just thank you and praise you for all that you are and all that you're doing. Lord, we just pray blessing in every individual as they go out this Sunday from this church. Lord, we pray that they would be lifted up in their spirits and hearts today and Father challenged afresh and encouraged to just get stuck into the things of God for their lives and Lord we know that when we do that you will bring the increase Father one plants the seed one waters the seed but Father you bring the increase and so Father we're praying an expectation for the increase. Father, we're praying an expectation that that day when the tide turns will, will be evident and we'll see it soon, Father. Lord, we pray, we pray, help us to just hang on into you for all that we're worth and for all that you're doing in Jesus' name. And Father, may you be glorified in our lives and all God's people said today, amen, amen, and amen. Lord bless you. Have a fantastic week and uh, just go for it this week.